It appears to me that you're all trained very well. No one had to say, greet your neighbor. You just kind of naturally went there. And that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Um, so uh, good morning, it's, uh, it's great to be with you here this morning. Uh, I'm not Pastor Shane, just in case you're new and you don't know. Uh, my name is Jerry McCoy, I'm an elder here, and, and I'll be teaching this morning. Uh, today is a brief break in Pastor Shane's Back to Sunday School uh, message series, and today we're going to work uh, through a basic primer on prayer. Um, Shane asked me to teach uh, today just over two weeks ago, and although my immediate desire was to say no, uh, I knew I needed to say yes. Has anybody ever been there? Um, I've always been very anxious about teaching. Maybe that's new to you, maybe it's not, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a great researcher, uh, and I've always struggled with how to pick a topic, and I've always preferred numbers to words. Um, but more than all that, I really have struggled with pride in wanting to come across to you all as some great teacher. Um, uh, that is a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And, and all that did was put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, a lot of stress. Um, well, this time, as I told Pastor Shane, yes, you know, I also told God, I said, all right, you know, enough of that. You know, I, I can't be trying to impress anybody. Uh, that's no way to be. But instead, you know, I just tried to trust in him and simply stay in his easy yoke. You know, that's been a great lesson to me, uh, Shane's teaching on that and trying to stay in his easy yoke and go as he leads uh, so this is how I approach today's message. And I want to tell you, God is faithful. The day after I agreed to teach um, and confessed my prideful approaches of the past, uh, God provided the topic, this topic of prayer, that very next morning at our elders' meeting um, at 6.15 in the morning. <sighs> my best. <laughs> um, so... So I'm just very thankful for that. Half the battle already won in day one. So uh, this was a great encouragement that I needed to continue this approach of really just leaning into him uh, and, uh, and not be hung up on myself and, and how I might be received and how I might uh, perform, if you will, in front of you all. So look, looking back now, this past two and a half weeks, it turns out I spent much more time praying about this lesson on prayer uh, than anything else. And, and I have really abandoned the outcomes to God. So this is what you get. God is good. Uh, and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your easy yoke. We thank you for this primer on prayer. And we, Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of prayer. Speak to us this morning as we consider these things. In your name, amen. I guess prayer is really one of the more simple words in our Christian vocabulary. Uh, you probably have an idea of what prayer might be or is, as opposed to some other Christian words like sanctification or justification. You know, we're not talking about those this morning. That's way above my pay grade. Um, too many syllables in those words. Uh, teaching on these words, oh, I just said that, is way above my pay grade. Yeah. There are many aspects to prayer, so that alone is just a really big topic, prayer that we could talk about. But today, like I said, it's just a basic primer, and we're going to cover these four questions. One, what is prayer? Two, why should we pray? Three, how should we pray? Four, when should we pray? 
So let's start with uh, the first one here. What is prayer? Well, the basic definition for prayer is talking to God. It's not medica- meditation. It's not medication either. Uh, it's direct communication with God, a conversation. Prayer is a primary way for us believers in Jesus to share our emotions, our desires uh, with God and to fellowship with him. Prayer can be audible or silent, private or public, formal or informal. Prayer should be offered in faith. James 1.6 tells us, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Prayer should be spoken in the name of the Lord Jesus. John 16.23, and in that day you will ask me nothing. But most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is Jesus speaking there. Prayer can be supercharged through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Prayer is not magic. For magic attempts to control or manipulate the divine to grant wishes, we're not talking about some genie in a bottle here. Um, Through Christian prayer, we attempt to persuade God. Uh, Think about that. We're attempting to persuade God, knowing he will not vary from his perfect nature, and in doing so, participate in God's agenda. What a privilege that is to participate in the agenda of the God of the universe. So why should we pray? Well, first off, Jesus prayed. And he prayed often. Luke 5.16 says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus often rose early to pray. Mark 1.35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Since Jesus found it very important to spend time in prayer, you know, perhaps we should give that some consideration also. The second reason why we should pray, praying matters. There is no limit to God's ability to help. No limit to God's ability to help. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, exceedingly abundantly above. That's the, it's hard to say, and it's also hard to kind of wrap your head around that. Exceedingly abundantly above. Do you do anything exceedingly abundantly above what's expected? God does. God does. Exceedingly abundantly above. When our prayers are aligned with God's will, we can have confidence that he will answer. 1 John 5, 14 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that when we have, that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. In James 5, 16 and 18, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Praying matters. Third reason why we should pray, to establish and maintain our relationship with God. 
Prayer is vital in establishing and maintaining our relationship with God. Consider how much two friends who are in constant communication learn about each other, do things together, and share problems with each other. They develop a deep understanding of each other. To illustrate this, let's look at Abraham. Genesis chapter 18, 16 through 33. Then the men arose from there and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who am but at dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the fifty righteous. Would you destroy all of the city for lack of five? So he said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose there should be forty found there. So he said, I will not do it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, indeed now, I have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. What a conversation here between uh, Abraham and God. God certainly knew Abraham, but Abraham also knew God. You can see that in this, in this reading here this morning. He had a close relationship with him. And it is through this relationship built over time that Abraham grew such faith. And you think back just one week ago, Shane taught on Abraham offering Isaac, his son, as a sacrifice. And you wonder, how could Abraham approach that situation like he did? Well, it's because of this relationship that he had built over time. And for him to have this conversation with God indicates that he spent and invested much time and effort talking with him, communicating with him, getting to know him, and being known 
with God so that when the test comes, his faith is full. So how should we pray? Well, that happens to be a very good question. One of the disciples had for Jesus as well. And Luke 11, 1 tells us, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place that he, that he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus taught them to pray. And if we look at Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we find the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you're like me, you've been reciting this prayer since before you could read, most likely, uh, which makes it so familiar that we don't always consider what we're actually saying and praying. The word hallowed means to honor as holy or greatly revered and respected. God is the all-powerful creator and sustainer of everything that is. There is none like him. Hallowed be your name. Consider the phrase, your kingdom come. Well, what is the kingdom? And exactly where are we asking it to come? Well, the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus reigns. If Jesus Christ is king of your life, then the kingdom of God is there. If Christ reigns in your church, the kingdom of God is there. If Christ reigns in your family, the kingdom of God is there. This phrase is also a prayer of intercession. We are interceding for others and asking God to build up his kingdom. We're praying for those that are lost, that they will enter the kingdom as well and allow Jesus to reign in their lives. But that's not all. When we pray your kingdom come, we're also praying for Jesus' return. We pray not only your kingdom come, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom will not be realized in perfection here on earth until Jesus Christ comes again. And as we continue to wait on, for God's kingdom to come in all its completeness, the prayer continues with our daily needs. As believers in Christ, we're not called to just sit around and watch the sky waiting for his return. We are to live in this world, engaging with all those around us in such a manner that they also would be led to accepting Jesus as their Savior. As we know, this is messy, and we're often weak. Uh, we need God's help to get through each day and to fight off the traps and attacks of the evil one. And when, when we grow weary in this daily battle, remember that our reward will be found in his glory as he completes his kingdom, which will last forever. Relatively complete prayer, as you might expect, uh, the one that Jesus gave his disciples to pray. Another uh, tool to help you on how we should pray is uh, something called the Acts Acrostic. An acrostic is a word that's formed with the first letters of a bunch of other words. Um, is that an accurate de definition, Sarah? Yeah, good. Um, and it, uh, the Acts Acrostic is a popular prayer tool. Acts stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration simply is to worship, praise, honor, and exalt God, to respect him, be in awe of him, and say wonderful things about him. Those should be in our prayers, adoration. Confession, when we acknowledge, especially verbally, how great, perfect, and awesome God is, 
we can't help but recognize our weaknesses and sins in comparison, can we? Admitting and confessing, and confessing our sins and accepting his forgiveness is vital to our prayer life as well. Thanksgiving, giving thanks for what God has done and is doing, expresses our faith, and it is faith that pleases God. We don't always give thanks for the circumstances of our life, but we need to give thanks for his total provision through, during both good and painful circumstances alike. And finally, supplication. That's a fancy word for asking. Asking seems to come naturally to children. As God's children, we can freely talk to him, asking him for anything. And like any caring parent, he will say yes to some of our requests. He'll say no to some of our requests. And he'll say wait to some of our requests. Um, all are valid, perfectly valid answers, aren't they? So this is an easy-to-remember tool, and it is important to include all four of these categories in our prayers, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I know I can get caught up way too much time in the supplication phase, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need, I need, I need. Uh, at the expense of adoration and confession. So I challenge you to uh, sit down and, and maybe work through this and be a little purposeful in your prayer time about adding adoration and confession uh, in that time and try to create more of a balance in these all four of these areas, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. It'll be interesting to see how your supplication phase changes as you spend more time in adoration and confession and thanksgiving. So some words on how we should pray. When should we pray? Well, the answer here is pretty simple as well. All the time. Um, that includes in the morning, Psalm 5.3, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Mark 1.35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. All the time includes the afternoon. Acts 3.1, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Ninth hour, that's three o'clock in the afternoon. In the evening, Matthew 14.23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. Before meals, that's also included in all the time. Mark 8, 6, so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them, and they set them before the multitude. And if praying all the time challenges you, well, <laughs> we're also called to pray continuously. First um, Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. And Ephesians 6, 17 and 18, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Pray continually. How are you doing with that? Um, it's quite challenging. Um, and, uh, but nonetheless, uh, that's the, the direction that we're given and we're called, called to work towards that. So that's been a pretty brief uh, primer on prayer. Uh, prayer is very important, uh, more important than probably we realize or even think. Um, 
and I know yet I find it difficult. I'm not much of a vocalist or a vocalist, a conversationalist, maybe is the right word. Um, my wife reminds me of that often. <laughs> but uh, God wants to talk with us, uh, and God, God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to share what's on our heart. He already knows, but he wants us to share with him anyway. He wants us to participate in his agenda. There's some mystery of God in there. Of, of why God wants us to pray with him and, and ask him things and participate in his agenda. He certainly doesn't need us for anything. Uh, but there's some mystery there that uh, we need to appreciate uh, and, and obey and pray with him. So what about prayer here at ALCF? So what do we do here? Uh, well, we certainly pray during our Sunday service. Uh, you're all well aware of that. In addition, we have a Monday morning prayer that meets here at the church at 1030 in the morning. Uh, during this time, we incorporate some scripture study for a focus on personal one-on-one -on -one with God and some intercessory prayer as well. Uh, that's been a great time. I invite you all to join us Monday at 1030. On Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, we, we pray for an hour uh, with a focus on intercessory prayer. We have a long list of things that we pray for. Both the Monday and Wednesday prayer meetings are certainly open to anyone else that would like to attend, so I encourage you to do so. Uh, starting next week, we'll be implementing a new prayer request process uh, that uh, uh, Shane and, uh, and the elders have come up with to improve the confidentiality of how we handle prayer requests. We will be placing a wooden box on the back on the table there, and we'll also have prayer cards available that can be folded in half and that you can indicate on the outside of that request how you want it to handle. How do you want that request handled? Whether this is a request for Pastor Shane and the elders only, uh, or a prayer request for our Monday prayer team and our Wednesday prayer team, or a, a prayer request that you would like public with the congregation, either on Sunday morning, uh, like, like Dave shared with us this morning, or via email, if that's uh, the timing. And if you have a request on a Sunday morning that you would like to be prayed for during that particular service, then we would ask you to hand that prayer card to one of the greeters, and then they will they will know who is praying that morning and get that request directly to them. We won't be checking the box in the middle of service to see if there's anything for that morning, but we'll check it after, after service. Uh, so look for that next week. Uh, a different way, we want to encourage you all to be praying um, more often. I don't, I don't know, better, I guess. Uh, and, and, uh, and work with us as we strive to do, something, do the same corporately as a church. Um, Imagine a boss or a parent or a teacher or a coach or anyone who might be in control of part of your life. Wouldn't you want to be in communication with that person? Would you want to talk to him once in a while? God is in total control of your life and everything else, by the way. Don't you want to talk with him? Don't you have some input on, on, on maybe uh, uh, what's going on and how you'd like for him to handle you? So I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, you are good, and you know what is best for each of us, yet you invite us to pray with you. We thank you for this privilege of prayer. Forgive us as we stumble in praying as we should. Help us to improve daily. In Jesus' name, amen.